that's that's the one thing that I always kept in mind is like I knew that there was always somebody else in a worse position than what I had. You know what I mean? Even though, yeah, Facts. sure, didn't didn't have the, the most money in the world, but when I looked back, I was like, was there food in the fridge? Yeah, like the like there's food in the fridge. I had clothes. Uh, I mean, th- there were times where it was like my mom definitely was stressed, being like, you know, where the next meal was coming from, and she wouldn't eat to make sure that I was eating when I was really young. But you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I was like there's kids on the streets or there's like there's there is a single mother that has a child that's probably going from like you know uh, shelter to shelter to try and at least get a place to sleep that night so growing up especially my mom kind of instilling that in me to not have like a victim mentality it's like there's somebody out there that has it worse and you're gonna be okay you know what i mean just figure it out and that's the one thing i've just always kind of instilled myself is just like believe in your ability to figure it out Welcome back to a, another episode of Chris's Secret Podcast. I am impressed that you found it on this episode. We interview Aiden J.D. Riley. He is the founder and owner of High Income Society. High Income Society helps businesses build in-house client acquisition systems to help them scale up their operations. During our conversation with Aiden, we talked about what it was like to be a professional hockey player, the challenges he faced while growing up in a single parent household, and why he is so passionate about entrepreneurship. And make sure you listen until the end of the show because Aiden shares some valuable insights into the tools and techniques he uses to scale up his clients when helping them generate more leads and scale their sales efforts. I really enjoyed my conversation with Aiden and I I hope you really enjoy listening to our discussion. Now, don't forget to follow and rate us on Apple and Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And make sure to hit the notification bell so you don't miss out on any future content. So now, without further ado, I present to you, Aiden J.D. Riley. Excited to be on with you, Aiden. How's it, uh, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well, man. I appreciate you having me here. Uh, it's been good. It's been a busy day today, but you know, it's the way it goes. Yeah, dude. I, well, I was going to say the way I was going to actually open the show was I was obviously, you know, doing some professional stalking uh, on you and uh, and I was checking out your YouTube and you have that, that short of you like waking up and then and then getting dressed, getting like sitting in front of the computer. And I was like, dude, this thing hits different. Like, <laughs> like I can relate so much to this. I mean, dude, it's, it, here, in, here in the U.S., it's Memorial Day, so like everyone is out partying and you know floating down the river and getting drunk and i'm sitting here doing a podcast i was like dude this this guy gets the grind that you have to do to uh to make it so uh, i appreciate you being on <laughs> no yeah it's good man i appreciate you having me yeah it's i know i i woke up today and i totally forgot because we do a majority of our business with clients in the states like i don't even i'm a canadian but i don't think i have a single i don't even think we have a single canadian client um so everybody that we do business with is in the States. So I told my team today, I was like, hey, listen, guys, you're probably not going to get a huge response from some people unless they're actually in it. So, um, yeah, just part of it, man. I, I try not to really worry about, like, um, like holidays that much. Obviously, like Christmas and stuff like that, it's different. But because um, I know there's, like, big players in the game that will still, you know, they still show up on a Monday and they'll put a little bit of work in. And, you know, I just like to try and get ahead while I can. So Yeah, yeah. no, right on, right on. And you're living in, what, Toronto, right? Yeah, I'm right downtown in the, in the core, so uh, entertainment district. So if you're familiar with Toronto, the big CN Tower, the big huge tower that's there, 
I'm right across the street from there. Okay, right on, right. Yeah, I mean, it looks yeah. like, you know, from everything I've been looking on your, uh, obviously, your social media and whatnot, it looks like a sick spot to be in. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad, man. It's, you know what, I, I wanted to get to a place that was uh, just, it was just kind of chill, but still had kind of the hustle and bustle, you know what I mean? So I could work and then everything was a walking distance. So it's actually quieter than I thought it was going to be down here because I was a little worried at first. I was like, it might be too much with like the traffic and stuff because I'm actually by one of the major highways in the city. But I was surprised it's not that bad. So it's good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, I guess give us a little background, kind of who you are, what you do, your upbringing. And then uh, and then I can I got a million questions as anybody should that's uh, <laughs> trying to prepare for podcast. But yeah, give us a little background. Yeah, man. So uh, Aiden Riley, I run a growth consultancy called High Income Society. Basically, what we do is we build in-house client acquisition systems for B2B businesses online. So uh, typically we work with a lot of like digital marketing agencies, coaches as well. They have like a high ticket coaching program. So we build like outbound systems and automations in order to funnel more qualified book calls and then give them a sales process as well in order to obviously enroll clients and uh, deliver great results. So that's kind of us in a nutshell. Um, But uh, if we go back kind of my early years, uh, once upon a time I was an athlete. So uh, I was actually a professional, semi-professional hockey player. I played in Europe uh, just before the pandemic. So that was, that was life. I was, uh, Actually, back in early life, I was going to be a, uh, a police officer. So going really? to college out of high school, yeah, I was going to go ahead and pursue being a police officer because I got a few police officers in my family here in Toronto. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, typical kind of entrepreneurial mindset when you go into like college and stuff like that. You're like, I don't know what any of this is about and I want the freedom and all that stuff. So I went down the rabbit hole of you know, high income skills and, you know, you start learning about all the ways to make money online. So there's Shopify, Amazon, affiliate marketing, digital marketing agency, all that stuff. So first thing I went to was Shopify and uh, started to dabble in e-commerce in my second year of college. I only did two years of college and then uh, realized I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give this a go while I'm still playing hockey. So I tried that out. I realized I was like, man, I, I suck. I have no skills at all. <laughs> so uh, I know nothing about marketing, sales, copywriting, none of the stuff. So I was like, you know what? I should probably try and learn those skills. Uh, quickly got into copywriting. And it was kind of like a freelance copywriter for a while. Worked yeah. for some companies and uh, got into lead generation, appointment setting, just kind of doing like one-off jobs with clients and stuff like that. Uh, and then ultimately kind of started productizing. And this was around the time that I was actually just coming back from playing professional hockey in Germany. So I'd actually wake up. It was kind of cool the way I had it set up. So I was nine hours ahead of like a lot of the clients that I was working with over there because they were in the West Coast in the States. So I'd wake up, do the work that I needed to do, submit it, and then I would go to the gym and play hockey for the rest of the night. And that was kind of, and it was like freedom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Pretty comfortable. I mean, the living situation there wasn't like, you know, is not like the the top of the top athletes like it was like a little <laughs> flat in germany in a small little old town so i mean it was cool because i got stuff paid for me and i got to save a lot of money and i was making uh when i was playing hockey i was making euro in cash so okay. it was like i got to store a bunch of cash and come back with that which was nice um but then yeah the pandemic came shut everything down and i was like you know all right i'm gonna go home started learning more about you know more skills i invested a lot of courses and stuff like that mentorships and then uh tried to go back for one more season just to see if i could give it a shot pandemic still shut everything down again a second time so i was like all right like i'm gonna come home and 
I'm just going to go full out on business. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then it was the, the rags to riches story where it's like, I got to get out of my parents' basement now <laughs> and like do all that. So yeah, I was sleeping in a little dusty basement beside a fireplace at night. So I was like, I got, I got to get out of here. So, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, did that productize the business a little bit more invested in some, some more mentors. Um, next thing you know, started building out a team and moved out to Toronto and, you know, just continue to grow from here, man. So it's a bit of a bit about me in a nutshell. Yeah, dude, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I, I can relate so much to the, like, I never slept in my parents' basement, but I was kicking it with my grandparents for a minute there. And it's just dusty, gross. They had a bunch <laughs> of dogs and I was like, allergies going crazy. Like, I need to get out of here. I got to do whatever it takes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get out of here. But uh, that's awesome, dude, because I'll say at least I feel like you kind of lived both both sides of the coin i feel like kids either grow up wanting to be like hey i want to be big successful businessman you know make millions or i want to be a professional athlete and i want to you know sign autographs and you know go on dates with a bunch of supermodels <laughs> and so you kind of got to do both sides of the coin so like what was it like being a professional athlete because that was something that i i think everybody aspires to be when they're a kid and i thought i was going to be the next like usain bolt and then i realized i was you know about a foot too short and too white so i, I never came close but uh yeah what was it like being a pro athlete yeah man to be completely transparent with you I, like it was such a long shot to even get there i because it's so hard with um with hockey so so I came from a league that it was good, like here in Canada, like growing up and playing junior hockey. So that's the step before you get to like college or pro. Yeah. And uh, played in like a tier two division, which is just a tier down from like the top of the top junior league. So even then it's like tough to get over there. So I was super lucky that I even got over there. And uh, once I got over there, man, yeah, like it, it was great. <laughs> I, could, I had no complaints, man. Like, I mean, for the first little while, like the living situation was a little bit dicey just with like they had to get to find a place for you. And it's like this really old town of Germany. I wasn't like a big city. Just the way that it worked over there, like a lot of like the, uh, the, the small villages will have their own teams and whatnot. So I was part of like a cool little community there. And, you know, you're kind of well known and it's, you know, you're the Canadian. So you're like, you know, like this new like shiny prize, which is over there and you get treated really well. So Oh, man, like it was a it was a blast. Like you know, waking up every day. Like I said, I do like my copywriting. Shoot that over. That was like an hour or two in the morning, and then the rest of the day was like, you know, go meet up with the team, go to the gym. After the gym, go to practice or have a game, and then after that, it's like you know, if we wanted to party and go to the bar, you can do all that stuff too. Um, and and I've I, now I'm more, I'm more disciplined now. I don't do that anymore. I don't even drink anymore. So. Um, but back then it was a little bit more party party and, uh, but it was fun. You know what I mean? You got a lot of freedom over there and being in a foreign country was, it was a complete, uh, it was, it was a shock because especially being in a small town in Germany, like there are people that speak English for sure. But, uh, when you're in a town that's like a thousand years old, it was, uh, it was crazy to like see the culture there. It was nuts. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Were you all making like, were you, what kind of, what kind of money were you making playing professional hockey? Is there good oh, money in being semi pro? No, semi-pro wasn't anything extravagant, man. It was like, because again, they paid imports based on like, like, it was just straight cash and then everything else was paid for. So I think they were only giving me like anywhere, depending on like anywhere from 500 to 1,000 euro every like two weeks or something like that. So it was it was super low. But again, living expenses were paid for. So I didn't have to pay for like equipment. I had to pay for my the flat that I lived in. Uh, Wi-Fi, like they took care of everything, you know what I mean? And like travel expenses, stuff like that, like flights, all that stuff, accommodation. Um, but it, because I was like a few tiers down from like the top of the top, yeah. 
you didn't get like the the big big money. But if I had a stayed, if I had a stayed another like two seasons, the goal was to move up to more levels, and from there you're probably making anywhere from like I mean for six months of hockey, you're making anywhere from like probably sixty to eighty thousand euro. So that right there was would have been like pretty good transferring that back over yeah. to Canadian. I would have been like that's I, I could do this forever. <laughs> and that that was the thing. I got a little bit comfortable to the point where I was like, okay, well I know I want to you know make some good money here with like business and be like a you know semi decent entrepreneur but you know having that uh the comfortability was a little bit you know you know like they say you got to put your kind of your ass against the wall or your back against the wall to like really feel it a little bit yeah. and that kind of happened so the pandemic was kind of a blessing and a curse in a way so yeah yeah that's that's awesome and do you what's the culture like in hockey because i have a buddy that actually played uh professional football in Canada. He was actually in Toronto for a little bit and he was like, dude, I was making good money. I don't remember the exact amount he was making, but he was making like kind of real money. It was like like five, six thousand dollars a game. And okay. so he was making like solid money every every week. He's getting a fat paycheck. But then him and his boys would just go and blow like every penny. They would go to the mall, they'd buy all the cool outfits, they'd go out to the clubs, they'd buy all the bottles and he'd be like, Yeah, then I'd go back and I have no money and I have to go play another game and I was like Dude, that's a grind. So, like, what yeah. was the culture like over there? Were they a little bit more responsible, or was it as much of a party scene? <laughs> no, it's it's as much of a party scene, if not worse, I would say, because <laughs> in in Europe it's different, man. Like, you go out here in Toronto, and I feel like it's probably similar in the states. But if you're in like a big city here, maybe you'll go out. Like, let's say the night begins, you know, the the, the pre tank, the pre drink, whatever. People will get together at yeah, one yeah. place. They'll start at like you know nine. Uh, nine nine thirty, then roll around to like a bar around ten, maybe eleven, and then you're out of there by like maybe one latest latest two. You know what yeah. I mean? That's here. Yeah. Over there, it's like you know we start at ten eleven, and then you don't get home till like five six. So I was like, I was like, dude, I can't keep doing this. Like this is <laughs> nuts. Like, and it, it was nice because when they find out like, hey, you're the Canadian import guy, you're an athlete, you're here to like, you know provide the team with some value, some skill and stuff like that. They're like, wow, that's awesome. And then they start buying you everything, right? They're like, here, take this, take this. I'm like, guys, like, yeah, I got to play tomorrow. Like, I still got to yeah, yeah. get up yeah, yeah. and play. So it was just for me too, like, I'm, I'm a guy that loves sleep. Like, I, I need to get my eight hours. So yeah. for me, I'm like, all right, so I get home. It's 6 a.m. I'm like, oh, I'm not waking up till like 1 p.m. this time. And then I got to go to the gym. Yeah, it was just, uh, <laughs> it was fun. But man, like the culture thing, it's it, for like the partying and stuff like that. It, it's fun, but it, it takes a toll on you for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it sounds, because yeah. I, I can only relate, because I was telling you before we jumped on or, or you know, before we scheduled this, is that I was a uh, an athlete in college. Obviously, all growing up, I was, you know, freaking like a five-sport Letterman athlete. Now, I didn't realize at the time. Here in America, I don't know. if do they do Letterman jackets over there in Canada? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that maybe like they used to, but not anymore. Yeah, yeah. so they do. They, they'll like give you, if you're a varsity athlete, they'll like give yeah. you like this goofy jacket and you get like a letter for it, whatever. And yeah. so I was like a five-sport athlete, like cross-country track, wrestling, swimming. Like I was doing like everything. I was yeah. like, man, I'm going to be like the greatest thing <laughs> in the world. Not realize I was in like some little tiny little like hick town where nobody did any sports. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so anyways, get to college and do just the same thing because I didn't drink or like didn't drink, smoke, party, nothing in high school because I was like laser focused on sports and athletics and then get to college and first semester, I'm doing the same thing where I'm like, I'm not drinking, I'm not doing nothing, but I'm looking at my teammates, bro, they would be partying till 2 a.m. and then we'd have to wake up on Sundays at 5 a.m. for a long run 
And I was I was just up late being a college kid, just like hanging out with friends. And I was only hanging out till you know whatever, like midnight. And I'd be waking up. I would be dead on the runs, and they're over here hungover running these miles. Like y'all are crazy. I don't know how y'all are doing this, but yeah. Um, yeah, I can only imagine, too, when you add so, a little bit of money involved because they were out there drinking, you know, <laughs> just a case of beer, nothing crazy. So, Dude, yeah, it's it's nuts, too. And, like, I'm not a I'm not a guy that, like, that smokes either. Like, I didn't smoke. But, like, over there, like, because you can still smoke in the bars there. So, like, you, you're in there and you're, like, <laughs> yep, <laughs> like you're yep. coughing. And, like, <laughs> oh, my God, like, you can't even, like, breathe. So I'd have to go outside all the time just to get, like, get some, like, oxygen because it was just filled with smoke over there. So I'd... It was it was a different scene, and yeah, I totally get it, man. Like you'd wake up the next day, like your team's like super hungover, and like <laughs> I didn't really like to like drink that heavily, really. Like I was never like huge into it. Yeah, I would just be there, kind of like amongst the guys. Like I'm a social guy, but I wasn't really the guy that would get yep. like hammered, so to say. So, um, and part of that was the responsibility. Like I've I've always been like the captain of each team I've been on, and yeah. they when I got over there, fortunately, on my second season, I was able to become the captain of a German team which was awesome I was like wow okay they're giving me some responsibility here so I didn't want to be the guy that you know showed up late to practice hung over and like you know what I mean because they, yeah. they put some weight on my shoulders to be oh, like hey sure. we want you to kind of lead the way so even more so I had an incentive to kind of like okay if I'm going to go out I at least need to be somewhat responsible and like you know help the team out make sure hey boys like let's get to bed like I don't want to have a sluggish game tomorrow let's, let's kind of figure it out <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. And now you were obviously also running. You were saying some copywriting and doing some other kind of marketing efforts and sales efforts on the side or or in the mornings before getting to to the games. What was that like? Was it was it easy to balance that workload or kind of what was it like trying to be, I guess, an entrepreneur and a athlete at the same time? Yeah, man. At that time, it was it was fairly easy. I had a lot of time on my hands, just like I said, because the, the majority of the clients that I was working for were in Los Angeles at the time. So being nine hours ahead in Germany, literally would wake up first two hours of my day was like get the copy done, submit it. And then I had the rest of the day. And typically in the rest of the day, I would I work on literally my copywriting. I'd work on learning other skills. I was still trying to make Shopify work at that time too. Yeah. And uh, I got some sales. It wasn't anything crazy again. I was like, hey, like I know I need to work on my copywriting, but I had no idea about like 3PL ship uh, or um, manufacturers and shipping and all that stuff. So when the when the pandemic kind of hit, it was like, okay, well, I need to figure something out here. Yeah. So <laughs> if that's not going to work, but obviously there's people out there making it work. I just didn't have the right information. You know what I mean? The, the course that I took and stuff like that, it was kind of like base level. Yeah. Um, but I mean, making it work over there, man, like juggling both. Yeah, it was, it was pretty easy. I think it was just like, you know, for me, it was more so just getting better with the skills, um, trying to find other people that were doing well as well and kind of, you know, building those relationships uh, watching a lot of YouTube as well when I was over there, and um, I did have to separate myself a little bit because, like, like again, there's the, the culture over there. Even during the day, they'd go and kind of like start drinking and stuff like that, and they're like, "Well, why don't you want to come out?" And I'm like, "I'm just, you know, I got to try and focus on this stuff, but I'll be with you guys later." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it was, um, it was having that balance, but I think it was, it was good, man. Like it, it definitely gave, uh, kind of gave me or put my foot in the door to really understanding like what entrepreneurship really entails. Yeah, and. Um, I even started writing like a little copywriting ebook over there because I got so into it. And I was like, let me kind of like see if I can sell this for like a little upsell or I'll provide yeah, some yeah. value out of it. Uh, I actually never ended up using it, but I think I might start using it for like just like clients and stuff like that to use for them and, and whatnot. But yep. uh, yeah, little things like that, man. It, it was good to juggle it. But um, 
if I if I had have known how to really structure my time back then, I probably would have been a lot more effective. Now I'm like very much like time efficient. Like I write down my days the night before, time block and whatnot, and really tried my best to become disciplined with that over time. Yep. I, I think if I had have really known that a little bit earlier, who knows? You know what I mean? Could have. 10x the skills by then but uh, those are those are lessons that you learn along the way of course so yeah absolutely absolutely now so you were obviously doing business on the side did you always want to be an entrepreneur or was that something that you kind of just fell into from a i need more money or kind of what got you into that kind of wanting to run a business be a businessman do all that fun stuff yeah man i think uh that's a great question it's it's pretty deep rooted i would say i came from a, a single family house or single parent household i should say i was uh, raised by a single mother so um money was money was tight when i was a kid for sure so i was even shocked she was able to put me through hockey because it's not a uh, cheap yeah. sport yeah. by by any means so she worked her she worked her ass off a lot and she was not home when i was a kid so she traveled a lot for business um, but with that being said, you know, that was kind of like the first like fire under my ass to be like, yeah, I want to make money just because I know my mom, when I was a baby, like, you know, welfare check lines and stuff like that to like get money into the door. Dad left when I was like two disappeared, wasn't paying any child support, all that kind of stuff. Right. So I was like, all right, well, understanding what my mom went through to kind of get me to where I am as an athlete and worked her ass off to get me here. You know, I admire that hard work as a single parent. Uh, you know, I bet I could probably do something pretty big and kind of return the favor one day, right? And my grandparents, you know, they had like a small business growing up. It wasn't anything big. Uh, my mom was very intrapreneurial, if you will. So okay. she kind of worked as a freelancer in time to time, but she went company to company. Um, but she's like a really, really good entrepreneur. She's like somebody that you want as like a second hand inside of your company. Yeah. Uh, so taking those traits from her and then really understanding like, okay, now I need to think a little bit differently, right? Think of more of the... That, that kind of like CEO, the boss mentality yeah. of like, who do I need, right? Not me needing to do everything on my own. Yep. So from there, man, yeah, I've, I've always been kind of, uh, I've always wanted to start a business. Like I used to try and like start clothing brands when I was in like elementary school and stuff like that. Hell yeah. Again, <laughs> no idea what I was doing. Yep. Sucked completely, like barely really made any money, but I was like, I gotta I try and figure this stuff out. So yeah. I'd, I'd spend time in high school, like learning, like, you know, how to, how to, uh, you know, how to make money here with like sales and whatnot and like little, little things like flipping, like, you know, like little items and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it was, it was always there, but I didn't really tap into it until like college. Right. Okay. Because when college came around, that's when I was like, I, I don't know if I really want to do the, the shift work as like a police officer and whatnot. Like yeah. I, like I truly valued like the freedom and watching other people online around that time. So this was probably like 2015 2016 yeah and like watching the people especially on instagram was that huge like come up of people online they you know the private jets the supercars all this stuff i was yeah. like how are these guys doing this stuff yeah. like you know obviously there's there's some guys that are you know they they flex for the gram but then there's other people out there actually doing it you know what yeah. i mean they, like they live that life so i was like how do how do i get that you know what i mean so that's when i went down the rabbit hole and um yeah man it just hasn't stopped ever since i've been trying to fill my head with information as much as i can and get around the right people and you know it's it's been paying off yeah, For right sure. on, right on. Now, do you have any siblings? No, I'm an only child. I do have a stepsister that, because my mom remarried yep. uh, when I was in my uh, early to mid-teens. Okay. So, yeah, she, she did end up remarrying. And, uh, yeah, I got a stepsister, but only child my whole life. Yeah. yeah. What has it been like being an only child? Because I'm the complete opposite. I come from uh, a family where I'm the oldest of five. So, oh. I have, like... <laughs> A whole like I just have playdates every single day when I was a kid because I just had a bunch of siblings hanging out with me. So what was it like being an only child? Do you think that 
helped in entrepreneurship because I do feel like being able to be kind of alone by yourself, able to make stuff out of nothing is a is a benefit, I feel like, in business. Yeah, I would say it was definitely a blessing for sure, man, because I I'm very comfortable being alone. Like I have no problem being in my own my own space with my own thoughts, and uh, I'm very independent that way. And like I said, when when my mom uh, was traveling a lot when I was young, I got watched by you know babysitters and stuff like that, and I had like friends from their families and stuff like and like the kids that were around my age. So I was very social as a kid for sure, especially yeah. with sports. Right, you, I learned the socializing skills and um, how to really get along with people in that sense. Yeah, I wasn't like a weirdo and kind of isolated, but yeah. like uh, definitely definitely more of the i guess you could say i am i have extroversion uh traits but introverted in regards to like energy wise like saving my energy because like after i go and associate with a ton of a ton of people at the end of the day i'm kind of exhausted i'm like yeah man i just want to chill out kind of be in my own space i don't really want to talk to anybody like um and it's nothing against them it's just kind of the way i'm built you know what yeah. I mean? but i definitely i would see it as a as a big advantage for someone like myself because i get to sit down and I, at my desk every morning and i'm just like dialed in on like the first few hours of just getting my work done yep and then when it's time to kind of have those meetings throughout the rest of the day i'm good to go and uh yeah i would say it's, it's a good balance to have but in, yeah, being uh, the only child there's it's been helpful for sure i, I would say you know, yeah most people most people might say something different like they prefer to have brothers and sisters and i you know i thought it was always cool having like a small tight friend group of like boys yeah and they were kind of like my brothers you know what i mean especially for within sure. hockey they're like that's your family um but i would say when i got home and I'm on my own. I didn't really care. It was, yeah. it's actually cool. I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's kind of yeah. similar to, cause I was obviously did a bunch of sports that it's just me. It's just a solo sport. It's not a team team yeah. environment. And yeah. I think it's another great thing for business where I know that if I whatever run harder or train more or lift more weights, I'm going to improve myself and I don't have to rely on a teammate. So I always like doing those individual sports. Cause like I know I'm going to outwork your ass. Like, like yeah. so I, I don't want to be, you know, losing the game because you're not, you know, you're missing your shot or you're not putting in the work after hours. So, yeah. uh, it's kind of, kind of slimmer in that aspect. Um, yeah. Now are you, do you have any relationship with your uh, father anymore? No. And like, I, I have not seen like literally walked out at, at the age of two. I couldn't even tell you if the guy's alive or not to be completely transparent with you. Like, really? yeah, like no communication, no nothing. Um, as far as I'm concerned, and from my knowledge, my mom said that uh, even as like a little guy, like I just there was something about him, and just I didn't like him for whatever I don't know. Like again, I can't even remember that far back, but um, he he just wasn't um, he just wasn't I guess he just wasn't ready to to provide like really you know what I mean. And I, I never really let that hinder me as well growing up. I yeah. never really thought because I've had people ask me like a lot of close people like oh did you ever think like it was you ever want to like have your dad around stuff like that? I was like. I don't know. My, my mom did a good job playing both roles. And then when she, yeah. you know, went to introduce in somebody else to, to kind of come into the picture the, the next time, her next marriage, um, that guy wasn't, that was, the guy wasn't a good fit. And that was kind of a, that was a tough thing too, because when I was young, uh, when this, uh, second guy came around, uh, I think I was like maybe like five or six. Um, and he was kind of like messing around behind my mom's back and stuff like that. And you know, that, that was tough, especially because as a young guy, you're like, oh, well, here's a guy that I can look up to kind of father figure. Um, and then realize, you know, that guy's, you know, hurting my mom, you know yeah. what I mean? And then it, then it, then I get into kind of protection mode and it's like, okay, well let's not have that happen again. And, um, yeah. you know, time goes on and I was like, 
you know, I'm, I'm good. My mom did a good job and I'm surrounding myself with good people and uh, I got good values and stuff like that. And then when she did remarry to the guy that she's with now, you know, thank the Lord, he's, he's a great guy, he's a police officer, so that's where that kind of inspiration came in. And okay. I, was, I saw how, like, well he did in Toronto. He's a Toronto police officer, very high-ranked, yep. uh, a lot of awards, very, you know what I mean? And, and kind yeah. of had that, uh, it, it, it's like what you see, like, you see, like, a guy that, you know, works hard to provide and, like, you know, protects and whatnot. You're like, oh, well, like, that's somebody I can look up to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now now they live they live the, a great life together. Now they live up north, just a few hours north of the city in, like, a little cottage on a lake. So they yeah. got a great life up there. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely happy for my mom. She finally got, after everything that she went through, um, got what she wanted now, which is more just, like, peace in her life. You know what I mean? So that's good. That's awesome. That's, and I feel like that's that's good to hear. I mean, not good to hear. Everybody wants to have a, a stable household and have have a two parent household. But I do. It, it's good to hear that it doesn't sound like you used having you know no father figure in your life for a lot of it as a crutch. You more used it to empower yourself to go out and know what I don't want to become, what I don't want to yeah. be. Um, yeah. So I think that's awesome to hear. And I think a lot of people should kind of take note of that and be like, hey, look, like you got to hold yourself accountable. Don't use everything as a negative in your life, like. Negative things can be negative, but they can create positives off of them. So I think that's great to hear. Oh, big time, man. Like, that's that's the one thing that I always kept in mind is, like, I knew that there was always somebody else in a worse position than what I had. You know what I mean? Even though, yeah, that's... sure, didn't didn't have the, the most money in the world. But when I look back, I was like, was there food in the fridge? Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> like there's food in the fridge. I had clothes. Uh, I mean, th there were times where it was, like, my mom definitely was stressed being like, you know, where the next meal was coming from. And she wouldn't eat to make sure that I was eating when I was really young. But you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I was like, there's kids on the streets or there's like, yep. there's, there is a single mother that has a child that's probably going from like, you know, uh, shelter to shelter to try and at least get a place to sleep that night. So growing up, especially my mom kind of instilling that in me to not have like a victim mentality. It's like, yep. there's somebody out there that has it worse and you're going to be okay. You know what I mean? Just figure it out. And that's the one thing I've just always kind of instilled in myself is just like believe in your ability to figure it out Yeah, because you can, you know what I mean? There's people that have come from way worse situations and have figured it out. hundred you know? percent. I think that's great yeah. on, on both sides of the coin is, is I've mm -hmm. always tried to do the same thing where I'm like, look, someone's got it. When I'm going through a tough time, like, Bro, I'm I'm complaining about some tenant that messed up one of my houses. Like, bro, shut the like. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> bro, there's stuff that's way worse than going on. And on the flip side, where also when you're doing good, you're on like you feel like you're on top of the world. Like, also remember, there's also people that are doing way fucking better than you. So yeah. I think it's good to be able to have that kind of uh, clarity in your life of like, look, man, like I'm living, I'm doing my own thing. I just got to take you know every day, at, one day at a time, one step at a time. Yeah. So I think that's awesome that you were able to figure that out a lot younger than I probably figured it out. So, um, that's awesome. Now with your mom, have you, obviously you're doing very well for yourself now. Have you been able to repay any of the, the hard work that she did? Have you took her on a trip, got her anything cool, anything, uh, exciting that you've done for her yet? Dude, not yet. That's the thing I I'm planning on really, I want to take her back to the Czech Republic. So okay. that's actually where her mother is from. So my grandmother, her original side of the family is from the Czech Republic. So, that is one trip that I want to plan for her. Uh, I've been, I, to be completely transparent with you, man, ever since I moved here within the last year down here, I've been just in like trench mode. Like, <laughs> just like I've been here. I don't really, like, I haven't really done anything else. Uh, especially a lot of like the mentors that I learned from, they're very much like, they're guys that are just like dialed in. And then when it's time to kind of step back, it's like, yep. okay, now kind of like, 
reap the rewards a little bit more. So I, I'm getting there for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I wanted to be in a place more, more so like the business is not still as heavily reliant on me and my decision making as yeah. much, yeah. Uh, which it's, it's getting there step by step. But definitely, man, like this is the thing too. So when she remarried, it, it was definitely helpful to have my current stepdad there now. Uh, because like I said, they ended up selling their house. They went up north and, you know, they have kind of that piece. So part of me was like, well, I feel like you got kind of taken care of in a way, but I still <laughs> want to be able to like kind of repay you. So yeah, part yeah. of that is like me still working. She always tells me, she's like, oh, do what makes you happy. Don't worry about me. Like do what makes yeah, you happy. Yeah. Like I'll be fine. And I was like, yeah, but part of that motivation was to kind of like, yeah, like because like I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for everything that you instilled in me and giving me the opportunities that I had. So yeah think of it this way. I'm like, I still want to treat you somehow. So, I mean, I'll, I'll still make the trek up and I'll treat her out to dinner and do stuff like that. And, you know, take her out to go see the family and whatnot. There's yep. still those things, but in regards to like, kind of like the grand like trip, that's still in the works. And I want yeah. to definitely take her to like, uh, like the Czech Republic back to Prague and, you know, go explore. Cause we still have family over there apparently that she's had slight communication with. So yep. be cool to kind of take her over there and see the roots. You know what I mean? hundred percent, hundred percent. Dude, that's all. I mean, that's the that's the best case scenario because that's how like my mom is as well as where she's like, look, man, like don't don't take care of me, like, <laughs> like, like I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and so I got to, I guess this was maybe a year and a half ago at this point. After I got engaged to my fiance, uh, I ended up taking her to Hawaii with us, which nice. was like her like lifelong, always dreamed about going to Hawaii, like uh, the the dream vacation. So I got to take her over there for a little over a week, and dude, nice. it's. I mean, sick. It's, it, it kind of like allows you to kind of put everything in perspective. Like, all right, like we got to grind, we got to get after it. But also, yeah. if you aren't helping it out for the people, like you know, we we're or at least I'm not no NFL player that can buy her a house or anything yet. But at <laughs> least being able to do that fun stuff of taking her on vacation and, and you know letting her see the world, which you know she had yeah. freaking five kids, she didn't have any time to do anything. So yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was a really fun thing. And so, yeah, dude, whenever you take her to the Czech Republic, you got to let me know. That's awesome. Dude, I'll, I'll be vlogging it for sure. Like, I want to get it on the YouTube channel and everything like that because uh, that's that's one thing I want to do is I'm, I'm documenting a lot more. So I just yeah. recently got into YouTube back in October. A lot of it was, like, kind of value, just providing value on YouTube to, like, yep. get the audience to come in. Uh, but a lot of it as well that I'm planning on going forward is, like, literally having it documented. I might, like, I'm, I want to eventually hire, like, a, like a film assistant kind of guy to kind yep. of document everything as well um, and just have more traveling kind of coming into the play because my, my overall goal like I don't want to be like Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is awesome to the fact that he built this huge conglomerate of just what is Amazon, right? <laughs> this corporate giant. I don't see myself being like the corporate CEO type of deal. You know what I mean? I definitely want to put better people in play to run a business that is absolutely killer and provides crazy value. But my whole goal is to, is to get, I want the freedom back as much as everybody does, right? Like you <laughs> yeah. want, you want yeah. your time back Facts. to then do what it is you want to do, whether that build, be build another business or take your family on a trip or whatever that, that looks like to you. I just know that that ultimate goal for me is like, I wake up and you have just peace of mind. You're like, what do, what do I want to do today? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So like that, that's kind of in the works and definitely, man, when like, you know, taking, taking the family to Hawaii, stuff like that. Like, you know, that's, that's stuff that you want to do, but yeah, I'll, def I'll document it, man. I'll shoot it over. <laughs> Dude, definitely. Definitely. I want to see it. I want to see it when it happens. So who's like one of your biggest role models or who were your biggest role models growing up? Yeah, man. Um, I would say I could, I could list off people in like sports, but I would say 
Probably I mean, from. We could go both sides. I would like to hear the sports one too. Cause my mine was yeah. Kobe. Kobe was like yeah. my goat. Freaking! I wanted to be Kobe. Everything Kobe was who I wanted to be. Um, yeah. Just because of the work ethic, you know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. he had. I mean, let's be real. He had hella skills and talent, but yeah. he had you know half of the talent that these other you know all time greats had. And he's over here working his ass off twenty four seven become one of the greatest of all time so mm-hmm. uh yeah go either way go business go sports i don't care yeah i would say and this this might be kind of out of left field man but i've been a huge and this might be the toronto in me but I, i've been a huge drake fan since okay. i was like like man like 20 like 2000 and like nine like a okay. long time well obviously because you hear his music here first in the city so it was coming up and um i loved his music but it wasn't it wasn't even that it was just like the drive and like the hype around this guy and it was, it was just it was just different and then you start yeah. looking into him and it's like oh well, he's got this sick team and you know he's got his tight circle and they're all they all kind of got their own thing and they're all specialized in something and they all kind of came up together like his team is taken care of for life like if you were in Drake's circle from the beginning yeah. and like you know he talks about all those guys like Ollie, 40 all these guys right they came up together and just having that team mentality of building something from nothing like OVO OVO sound, the record label, all that stuff. That to me, it was much more than just like being a music artist. Like the guy has, he's got perspective on like business and like how everything works. Like he's a hundred percent a billionaire, like whether it's on paper or not, I can guarantee you this guy is. Um, It's just that to me at a young age, like not just the music, but like watching this guy kind of grow was like super inspiring to me. I was like, he's, there's something different about this guy. Uh, And then on like the sports side, man, like it just, for me, I was always like a, um, very hard workers, very tough to outwork me. So yeah. I looked at guys that were, yes, the goal scoring type. I like to score goals and, and do all and you know do the flashy sellies and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But um, I I also liked for a guy that's I'm I'm not I I'm only five ten. So I played against guys going into junior that were like six foot three off skates and then on skates they're like six five six six. So yeah. I had to show my presence out there. If it wasn't just speed, it was also throwing the body around. It'd be a physical sport like hockey. So. I like to throw hits around. So somebody that I really emulated who's still big today is Alexander Ovechkin, a Russian player. Yeah. Yep. So he, you know, he's a huge guy that can score goals, make the plays, but he also, you know, he's not afraid to throw the body around. He's a tough player and he's a leader. He's a captain of his team and he's got a lot of personality. And uh, for like a, a Russian hockey player coming in and just dominating the Canadian sport, for me, I was like, this guy's cool. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So. He was somebody like like growing up. He had like a lot of like flash and stuff like that. It was it was hard not to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, but then it was like, of course, like you got like Sidney Crosby, like the Canadian captain, stuff like guys like that. You always uh, emulate as like you know Captain Canada and, and yeah. whatnot. So I, I tried to always look at people that were leaders. Uh, you know, being myself, fortunate being picked by teams that when I would get into an organization, there was no politics. You know what I mean? Like it, I actually got is one thing I'm proud about is I actually got picked to be a captain of a team based off of my skills and the respect that I got from my peers, yeah. not based off of politics, which a lot of people get into. It's like, yeah. Hey, if my kid's going to play on this team, he needs to have the letter on his Jersey that says he's a captain. Mm. He gets this amount of ice time. He get he plays with these people and, or else I'm taking my kid elsewhere. You know what mm. I mean? Like we didn't get any of that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I had to earn my ice time. <laughs> I had to earn my spot. I had to earn the letter on my, on my Jersey that say that I was a captain and it was just all earned and it was all yeah. respect. And yeah. I and I wanted to treat my teammates as if, hey, like I got a letter on my jersey, but you know, the best leaders know when to follow. So if you have a suggestion that you know is gonna be the be very beneficial for the team, speak up. Yeah. I don't wanna be the only voice in the room. I don't wanna be the only voice in the team. 
I need other people to speak up as well because that's how everybody feels included, yeah. right? So taking on those leadership traits from a lot of people that I looked up to, I think was like the biggest thing for me. You know what I mean? So I yep. think that was kind of it, yeah. 100%. Well, and I'm I'm a big fan of Drake and Ovechkin because I live uh, right outside of D.C. I'm in nice. Virginia. So we're obviously big Capital fans here. Uh, yeah. I would be lying if I said I watched a lot other than playoff hockey. But yeah. when they were making their cup run, I, I was in D.C. getting hyped. Everybody's <laughs> climbing telephone poles and stuff. So, yeah, no, I'm a big, big fan of number eight. Um, and then, yeah, I would agree, too, with Drake. And the other thing that's underrated about Drake, I was just talking about this uh, with my fiance the other day, is that Drake is like the nicest, most humble, down to earth dude. And it just shows you that like that positive energy, if you're going to treat people right, it's going to come back. You know what I mean? Like so many people are trying to, like you're saying, where it's like, I'm going to come on the team, but I need to be captain. I need this, need that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, dude, like that'll work in the short term, maybe, but Mm -hmm. long term, it's not going to last. And that's why Drake's had this ridiculous run (laughs) as one of the top artists in the world for years now. Yeah, it's abs- it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it it's one thing to get to the top, it's another thing to stay there for that long, right? Yeah. Like he's 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 truly incredible that way. Like you said, yeah, man. Like the just the humility that he has and the way that he kind of carries himself. That yeah, he it's it's not it's not typical in what you see. And yeah, the law of reciprocity is huge. It's actually one thing that I I try and tell my team is like, if you put something out into the universe value wise and you're helping somebody and especially like sales guys I try and tell them like stop stop thinking that you're just a salesperson yeah right you have value to provide somebody right yeah think about that when you next time you go to sell somebody on something is like hey I have this thing that's gonna really help you out right let's talk about that yeah and then what happens is in turn you get you get rewarded whether that be like the the pay or whatever like something comes back to you in an opportunity that down the line that's gonna be sparked for you like it, it's just it's that ever ever going or ever evolving uh, energy that it just constantly evolves over time, which is yeah, like you said, the reciprocity, right? It's super impactful. Yeah, super impactful stuff. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So wait, how old are you right now? I just turned twenty six in March. Killing it, dude. That's so sick. Congratulations. Already, <laughs> already running businesses and all that stuff. So I guess now let's kind of shift focus. I always talked about growing up, but how's the business going? Obviously, you talked a little bit about what the business offers. But can you kind of transition from you were an athlete, you know, childhood, all that fun stuff now into you moved out of the parents' basement. How'd you do it and kind of where are you at today? Yeah, man. Yeah. So first thing is I actually got an opportunity to work uh, just coming out of my parents' basement that era. I got an opportunity to work underneath a a pretty uh, high level entrepreneur. Okay. And uh, he, he runs like a coaching company and I got to kind of test my skills with him a little bit with like in regards to like appointment setting and lead generation. And that was kind of the first little taste of getting like legit clients, right? Uh, so what we did is we did like a little bit of a trial run, see how I was able to do just kind of working inside of his company. And then it kind of became the fact that I was like, okay, let's make this like a client contract type of thing. So ended up signing him uh, as a client and been working with him for the last couple of years. And that transpired. So of course, like, you know, referrals and uh, then kind of productizing myself with what I've been doing with his business in regards to like lead gen, sales processes, marketing, all that stuff. 
into kind of one package and a product that we were able to put and kind of coin it as like in-house client acquisition systems yep. and do that with other coaches, other agencies that we've seen and, and kind of grow that way. So it's been going well, man. I've obviously, have, you know, the rocky road of an entrepreneur has the ups and downs and we scaled up pretty, pretty aggressively end of last year around like the, the 30K per month mark. And I came back down and kind of back up and getting rid of clients and, you know, doing that whole up and down. And uh, it's been good. So just continue to grow from there. The main thing I've been focusing on this year has just been building a team that's super solid, like just getting people that are better than me yep. in, in place and uh, continue to kind of grow that and improve the product and make sure that clients are getting great results. So yeah, it's been, it's been good, man. I think just uh, the main focus going forward is making sure that uh, we're continuing to improve on skill sets. We're improving our delivery and yep. making sure that, you know, we're just, we're not, we're never settling, I guess you could say. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And so you started with this kind of mentor entrepreneur, uh, on the sales side of the house, correct? You were doing the sales. Side. Uh, just actually just appointment setting. There's, well, sorry, there was two. So there was one guy that was actually, uh, he was a e-commerce entrepreneur and he had programs. So I did appoint, uh, appointment setting and sales for him. Okay. And then the other one who was more of like a coach that I just mentioned, it, that was purely just appointment setting. So there's actually two I was working at at okay. the same time, which I totally forgot. So yeah, yeah, there was two I was going with. And then I left the e-commerce guy and I just went with the the coach because like I said, that, that contract came into play. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is gonna be a way bigger opportunity, so I'm gonna focus more of my time here. Yeah. And it's somebody who, he was a, uh, he was a Canadian guy and, and uh, kinda did the whole like expat thing as well, built a good company, and I was like, okay, this is what I could really learn from. Yeah. So it was kinda like that thing, it's like, okay, like you're basically getting paid to also get kind of like an education while working with this person. So yeah. I was like, why, why would I not work with this person? Like <laughs> literally getting all the, you're getting the keys to the castle of like, Hey man, this is how you do this thing. And this is how I built my business. And this is how I market my services and all this stuff. And it's like, why would I not also provide this guy value and build my skills as I go? So that's the yeah. way that it's been. And, um, fortunately we've got this, we got great results. I think just in March, uh, we ended up doing one of our systems for him, added an extra like 52K in revenue to his business. So um, just, yeah, just doing some, some great results for him. So I'm glad that, like I said, that law of reciprocity, like he was able to give me an opportunity to kind of really test out my skills with him. Yeah. In turn, we were able to provide him a ton of revenue for his business to continue to grow. So there you go, right? Yeah, yeah. bingo, bingo. And yeah. when you're saying appointment setting, what do you mean by appointment setting? Like, were you running ads or are you the one that when they would book a meeting, you would kind of like qualify it and then move it on to the, the next step of the sales process? What does appointment setting mean in this yeah. context? Yeah, so we do we do the really uh, the, the hard type, man. So we do the outbound cold approach type of appointment setting, calls, Smile DMs, dial? texts. Yeah, yeah, like oh, the man. whole, nice. yeah, we're, we're kind of, we're the ones that get beat up in the trenches, man. So like, <laughs> yeah, we're the ones that get told to F off and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. So yeah, they, so yeah, I mainly started originally with Instagram. Instagram was the first, okay. uh, the first channel that we started using. And then that expanded into like LinkedIn and then email and then text SMS and outbound dialing. So we've kind of got a conglomerate of channels, I guess you could say, and mechanisms yep. that we've really kind of uh, made a name for ourselves with and yep. that have worked. Yep. And um, yeah, that, that was, those are kind of the main ones. But you literally just, yeah, like going outbound and like setting appointments, be like, hey, like ask a couple questions. I'm not entirely sure if you'd be open to it, but we actually solve problem, get result. Would you be open to a quick 10 minute chat just to see if it's a fit? Yep. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Boom. Yep. Pre-qualify, get them on a call, take them down the sales process, bing, bam, boom. Got yeah. yeah. Bingo. And 
I also I love what you said about getting paid to learn. I feel like so many people go to college because they're like, oh, I'm going to go to college to learn how to make money. And it's like, or you could just go make money and learn on the job. Like literally yeah. get paid to learn like you're saying. I, that's my favorite thing to do is because when I was in college, I took the parents and teachers' advice to go to school. So I went to school, whatever. And mm. in hindsight, I regret it. I wish I didn't even go to college. But whatever. Mm. It was fun. Made a lot of good friends from it. And, uh, yeah, it was funny. I graduated. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I know I want to eventually be an entrepreneur. I know I want to run my own business. And my dad was like, Chris, you you like talking to people and you seem passionate about things that you get into. Why don't you go into sales? And also if you do become an entrepreneur, that's going to be the most important thing you know how to do is sell, like sell yourself, sell your business, sell your services. So yeah, I went into sales and like you're saying, you just learn on the job. And, and the funny thing is most sales jobs is you don't need a degree to get like 99% of the sales jobs that are out there. Mm -hmm. And then you can just get paid to learn. And if, if your end all be all goal is to be an entrepreneur, I think sales is like the easiest way to get your foot in the door, easiest way to build value for whoever you're working for. Cause if you bring them in, like you're saying $50,000 of revenue, like mm -hmm. they're going to, they're going to bend over backwards to help you out next time you need a favor. So yeah, I yeah. love, I love to hear the, uh, the getting paid to learn. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's the key, man. It's like, why wouldn't you, especially if like you can find somebody who's, who's they've done the path that you're looking to do. You know what I mean? Like the, the coach that I've uh, continued to work with, like he, his whole thing was just, he wanted to get his time back to, you know, he wanted to build a family, right? And, you know, went to move to, you know, a nice little coastal town and like, a, near like a, a beach and stuff like that. You know what I mean? He wanted to live that life, but yeah. he also provides that for other entrepreneurs. That's literally, that's literally what his like service is, is like showing other people how to get their time back in, in a business as the owner, as the founder, as the CEO, to then do more of what you love. If that's, if, if what you love is working, then it's more time to work on what you want to work on, right? But yeah, yeah being able to, to get paid and, and learn from somebody is, is probably the best thing you could do. I, I advise that like a lot of younger guys coming up to just like, don't think so much about like, Oh, well, I, I'm worth like 2k a month. And like, this is best because the course told me that I took to like charge 2k a month. And it's like, dude, just learn the skills. Like you're going to suck at first. Like you're going to be so bad that you're going to be charging 2k a month and people are going to be pissed off because you can't deliver. So it's like, yep. just go suck and learn get paid for it whether it be like hourly or whatever from somebody else that is willing to like take you through it as long as you're willing to learn you don't have to be the best but if you're open to criticism feedback you're able to adapt and transition and you take it upon yourself to go learn other things and bring it back to the team meeting and be like here's what i learned we should apply this because i think it's going to get x result and that's why we should do it yeah the entrepreneur that took you on is going to be like this kid's unreal <laughs> yeah let's give them more right and then yep. you're going to keep you're going to keep compounding your skills and skill stack as you go so man it, it's it's definitely the best thing you can do and like you said sales everybody needs to learn sales man <laughs> yeah yeah that's you need it you need it yeah, yeah. and it's funny too because i feel like sales has i mean sort of rightfully so because most of the time when you're the only time people typically that don't own a business or aren't you know in procurement buying different products and services the only time they're dealing directly with a quote-unquote salesman is when they're trying to buy a house or buy a car. It's like yeah. really only two times they have them. When they're buying a house, they're like, oh, I'm giving this person thousands of dollars and they aren't willing to show me a house at 8 o'clock at night on a Friday. It's like, all right, yeah, I, I get it. Like you should bend over backwards for your clients, but also like do you hear what you're asking? They're, they're not getting paid. They have no base salary. So they're dealing with realtors and also a lot of realtors, at least here in the States, are not necessarily the most qualified people to be – sales reps it's typically mm -hmm. like you know stay-at-home parents trying to just not be bored and go show houses uh, yeah. or they're buying a car and they have some 
you know, kid right out of college that's just trying to shove any old like upgrade down your throat. So yeah, people have like a bad stigma around sales. I was like, that's not a good sales rep is almost more of a consultant yep. than than a person trying to sell you something. Because like you're saying, if you if you truly believe in what you're selling, and you're passionate about what you're selling. You don't. It doesn't really feel like you're selling anything. You're you're, you're legitimately helping out this business owner or this individual with a problem. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's, it, you have full conviction behind your voice when you tell somebody like, I know what you're going through. This is what's going to solve that. Right. They feel that through the Zoom call that you're on. You know what I mean? And it's just it's a completely different approach. That was the biggest thing that I had. to I had to realize, of course, everybody, when you think of sales, it's like, oh, rah, rah, like shove it down your throat type of sales, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, hard close, like yeah, always yeah. be closing yeah, type of deal. Wall Street is what they're Wolf picturing. Wall, exactly. Like Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Belfort. But like, I mean, I'm sure in some industries, some kind of like straightforward guys, maybe, I don't know, like private equity, I don't know. You know what I mean? The guys like that, that are more like, just show me what you got. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And I totally get that. I'm very much a guy that likes to cut the BS and let's just, let's just see how we can help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But on the other side is like, you also, you might be talking to people that aren't entirely like problem or solution aware as well. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you might talk to people depending on your industry, they don't even realize they have a problem. Right. Yeah. And you have to get them to realize that, Hey, like I've seen what you're doing. You need this <laughs> and yeah. this is why you need yeah. this. And I have full conviction that this will help you. So let's let's give it a shot. What do you think, right? And then yeah. like they, when you come at it from that approach, you you're you are leading the horse to water and then yeah, they they got a drink. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. have to come to the conclusion in their mind that this is the answer, right? Yep. And I can't get to for, to for, to point B from point A if I don't get on their boat, right? I got to get on that boat with Aiden or Chris in order to get to where I need to go because yep. That's where the answer lies. So yeah, it's total like that. Con uh, the consultation type of selling or consultative approach, definitely what I what I rely on for sure. Yeah, love Good it. Topic. All right, now yeah. I want to get a little uh, even more nerdy than we're getting because I love <laughs> I love sales, sales funnels, all that fun stuff. So it. right now, like, how are you getting people to your to your end old product, service, business? Mm -hmm. w where are they coming from? Are you do you have your own team? that's mm -hmm. doing kind of cold outreach for your business or are you running ads? How are you finding new customers? Yeah, it's all organic. We don't do any paid ads at all. So we do uh, a mix between LinkedIn, email, SMS, and outbound dials. So yeah, I have a team as of right now, a team of five, and they just do a ton of volume each and every day. Uh, I got a couple of VAs as well that will do like personalized email outreach as well that way. Uh, and that's kind of that's kind of our main approach is just all outbounds. Uh, a lot of it is more so kind of value approach where it's like we have like sales assets and stuff that are obviously they they show you exactly what our process will do, kind of like top to to bottom of like how it's going to solve their problem and get the result that they're looking for. So yeah, it's basically just a ton of outbound man uh, through those few channels. We don't really do I don't do Instagram anymore uh, just because my ideal clients aren't really sitting on there anymore. It's more so yeah. like LinkedIn and email is the best way to get a hold of them. And then I just told my sales guys like, Hey, if you want a quick conversation, the phone is going to be the best thing. I think the phone is, I think the phone is heavily underutilized these days for a lot of people mm -hmm. in my position. Right. I think like most like courses and mentors out there are really just teaching like, yeah, this is how you write a cold email. And yeah, this is how you do like outreach through loom videos on LinkedIn and stuff like that. And that stuff works. They all work. Right. But I think, the best skill that you can develop is take the punches from outbound dialing, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's the best thing that you can do. When I was doing it myself, that was probably the, the best thing that I went through in order to like 
transitioned that into my sales skills, actually closing clients because mm-hmm. I knew how to like talk to people and face the objections and all that stuff. And the fear and everything kind of washes away when yeah. I would used to show up on a sales call and I'd be like sweating before I even <laughs> jumped on a Zoom. I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm speaking to somebody about get they're giving me money and all this stuff. Like yeah, yeah, complete yeah. like belief busting thing I had to go through, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kind of chill out and be like, hey man, we're just having a conversation. If you can't help them, you can't help them. If you can help them, then great. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. completely getting over that. Um, but yeah, man, that, that's kind of our, our main approach. It's we got a bunch of different channels going at once, but it's all outbound organically. Yeah. Yep. And so do you use, uh, like obviously I was checking out your all's website. Um, and so like, do you ever send people to the website to, to book calls or is, if it's, since it's mainly, you know, organic, are you normally just able to book the meetings? Your, your sales guys able to just book the, the calls right then on the phone. How, how, do, how do they, what is that website kind of used for, I guess? And, and I'm talking about the, uh, the high income society.com is the one that I was looking at. Yeah. Purely just for credibility. Like we don't really send anybody there. Yeah. We just got our case studies there. Got our YouTube videos there as well. Just to go show like some free value. Uh, we got a free value video on there as well. Just to show a little bit about our process. Yeah. Purely, purely for credibility. We rarely send people to the website. If people do end up on the website, it's because they went, primarily from either my LinkedIn or they went from our YouTube organic because I have a link in the description to go mm-hmm. either book a call or go check out our website for our demos mm-hmm. and uh, they can they can go check it out there and some people will come through YouTube I was actually surprised at how many calls we get booked inbound from YouTube just organically really? and th- yeah they'll go check out the they'll go check out our website and end up booking a call if it seems like a good fit so I was actually shocked when I started YouTube so I, I, I do a couple videos a week and it'll bring in a couple calls yeah yeah that's that's super interesting yeah. it's also kind of refreshing to hear because I feel like a lot of people nowadays they think that like you're saying that like everything's about your vsl it's about your funnel it's about running like these ads on these platforms blah 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 blah. And it's like yeah that's good if your product sucks and you need to yeah. get like a bunch of new clients if you have a good offering you're just going to get referrals word of mouth you're going to yeah. be able to get organic clients that are coming to you finding value in your youtube channel like you're saying or your linkedin profile mm-hmm. and then you do good work and they'll refer you to a friend or family member like it's it's kind of that simple but uh, i feel like a lot of people now are just they're so eager to get rich quick that they try and just you know run ads run all, and then and then they're like yeah i got a hundred thousand dollars in revenue i'm like all right well what's your expenses oh 85 it's like all right well <laughs> that's yeah. like all right cool you made 15k a month like that's great but i mean you could get a w2 job that pays you 15 grand a month like it's not yeah. it's not like revolutionary so i don't know i think it's refreshing to hear someone that's trying to actually deliver the value deliver the work and get it through word of mouth not just living and dying off of some vsls and some ads <laughs> exactly yeah 100 percent, man 100%. um cool well i guess other quick question i have for you is as far as like building out uh, a strong sales strong marketing foundation what would you recommend to new business owner new person you know trying to maybe grow their business um what like tools and positions are do you think are a must when building out a well running lead generation platform yeah that's that's a good question so i think there's really like two ways to go about it you can number one leverage trends so if there's something that's trending right now i know ai is really big right now yeah um, you can leverage like the ai kind of trend and, and really kind of ride that wave for specific businesses that are looking to implement ai so there's that right and it's like hey i can get you access to xyz ai stack or whatever it is that yeah. you can do for someone right so there's that and then there's the flip side, which is what we've kind of broken it down to is like just literally finding the problem, right? Like, what is it that people are going through? Like, I've even recently taken it upon myself uh, as of recent to 
find out a solution for like recruiting and staffing agencies specifically to see where that market's at, mm-hmm. right? So what we do is you'll schedule interviews, right? And just get on a quick 10 minute chat in exchange for, you know, referring business their way or access to a free video that we've created that'll be helpful for them to get clients, right? So you want to obviously have that value exchange, but then just start learning about the industry, right? If it's something you take interest in or something that you know that your solution can solve a problem for, I highly recommend just have conversations, right? Five to 10 people within the same position in the same industry, get to know exactly what it is that they're currently going through, right? What's their pains? What's their problems? What is it that they're looking to achieve? Right? All that kind of stuff. And then from that form a solid offer that you can, they're going to feel dumb saying no, right? They're just going to be like, I absolutely have to go in with this guy because it sounds like something he can help me with. Uh, And then regards to like actual, like tangible um, tech stacks that I would require for people to like start getting this business and marketing and sales, LinkedIn sales navigator is the best thing you're going to use, obviously, right? Biggest tool. There's other like automation tools you can use out there. Like, um, uh, there's some of them like XPand D, there's stuff like that. Uh, we, we use a proprietary one um, called Ulink. It's by invite only. And okay. really by that one, it's just, uh, you can get a ton of outreach with that. Yep. Uh, but really, again, it's just tailoring good messaging, right? And the first thing you want to do is just introduce yourself, kind of give them a little bit of context as to what it is that uh, you do. And obviously do some research on the person that you're reaching out to. Basically kind of what you did with me, you know what I mean? To, yeah. to get me here, you know, same, same idea, right? Like it's no yeah. difference. Like sales, right? You you basically sold me getting on here today. It's no different than when somebody else going to sell their services. Like, hey, I found out that you're doing X, Y, Z. Would you want to hop on a chat and explain how or talk about how we might be able to solve problem, get result, yeah. right? So starting there. LinkedIn sales nav, a couple other tech stacks you can use just to get some uh, get some outreach is, I mean, a lot of people use like uh, go high level, typical kind of CRM is one that you can use for like a ton of like email outreach or outbound calling SMS. There's one that you could use there. Um, and really, man, just just get the word out. That's the first thing you can do. And we also we also advise people for um, for our clients as well as try and get like people on commission to come in and really work work the tail off for you. Yeah. So we have a way of like teaching people how to hire commission only sales teams, yep. right? To come in and let them do the work and, you know, pay them handsomely. Well, make sure that, you know, they're working for a good incentive yep. and uh, continue to do that, man. And, and just, you know, get the word out. That's this It's really bare bones. It's boring at the end of the day, right? It's just like, yeah. do the boring work, right? Just have an offer, talk to somebody, what do they need? Offer that to like hundreds of people <laughs> in their position and get on a call with them. Here's what we can do deliver the service, get them great results, repeat the process, founder, remove yourself from the business, get yourself to a point of just really making decisions and having conversations with your team and providing value. That's it. Yep, 100%. It is funny how so many people are, they want, you know, the the yacht life, the vacations, the cool cars, the houses. It's like, well, yeah, what do you think it takes to get there? Like, unless you inherit it, which some people do, unless you inherit it, you got to do the boring stuff. You got to do the hard work and, and, you know, rolling up your sleeves and getting getting it done. But Cool. I appreciate you coming on. We're already at an hour, which is crazy. I yeah. had like a million more questions, sales nerding out that we won't even get to. But I guess where can people find you? Where, uh, you know, we have anything cool, exciting coming out that you want to shout out? Yeah, I mean, finding me is pretty simple. You can just at Aiden J.D. Riley on uh, Instagram, Twitter. I'm, I'm just getting into Twitter recently, so uh, kind of trying to leverage that a little bit. Uh, same thing on LinkedIn, Aiden J.D. Riley. Uh, it, same thing on YouTube, Aiden J.D. Riley. So that's that's where you can find me. Uh, anything new right now is mainly just improving on the product. So basically helping you build out a in-house sales team on commission, 
continue to automate more processes, add in actually some AI as well to help you even get more leverage into your business. So um, we're working on a lot of things right now. And the main thing is just make, plugging a lot of different holes inside of pe uh, people's businesses, right? So just finding the problem, adding the solution, find the problem, adding the solution. So um, for anybody who is interested in having a chat, feel free to reach out. Cool. Awesome. I appreciate you coming on, man. It was fun. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks so much for your time, man. I really loved it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chris's Secret Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. It would mean a lot to me if you could subscribe to our YouTube channel at Chris's Secret Podcast or follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify at Chris's Secret Podcast once again, or follow me on Instagram. It's just at Chris Arslan. And remember, if you want to get involved with the show, reach out to us and ask us a question and you might be featured here on the show during what is my favorite part of the show, the mailbag. So if you want to get involved, it's very easy to ask me a question. Just slide into my DMs on Instagram. Once again, that is at Chris Arslan or leave us a comment on YouTube on our latest YouTube video or leave us a review on Apple Podcast and ask us a question in the review. Remember, five stars only, please. And until next time, figure out some ways to make some passive income so I can see you out on the slopes or on the pickleball courts. So until next time, peace.